Somebody tells you something. You regret to have to inform them that you just don't understand what they have said. This time, Pastor Broom preaches from the 24th chapter of Luke's Gospel. Tony Broom Ministries brings you the following sermon called, He Opened Their Understanding. The phone said, Welcome to the non-understandable. The non-understandable is a company that helps you realize that there are some things in life that you cannot understand. Sometimes you get frustrated because you don't understand things. But we want you to realize here at the non-understandable company that you're in good company when you don't understand. To proceed in English, press 1. Para continuar en español, oprime nueve. If you don't understand what I said, press 2. If you would like to speak to the next available representative, press 3. If you don't have menus and don't understand them, stay on the phone, at which time you'll be cut off after three minutes. One of the things that seniors have problems with is understanding things that have happened in this life, and one of them has been the menus on phones. Those of us who are quite familiar with things like that, we don't pay as much attention to those who have had the unfortunate circumstance of having to learn all this stuff. I mean, it's hard, after all, to coming from a party line, a rotary phone, to digital, in the age that we're living in now. Sometimes we just don't understand. And sometimes we find it hard to know that people don't understand some things. For instance, I can tell you that it's kind of hard for me to understand why people don't understand that you can save money as a senior citizen by switching from original Medicare to what is called a Medicare Advantage plan. In the Medicare Advantage plan, you get your health coverage and your drug coverage all in one plan. Medicare Original, you have to buy a drug plan or you have to buy a Medigap plan. And if you buy a Medigap plan, it's quite expensive. And even though it will cover all of your out-of-pocket experiences, most of them in the doctor's visits, you'll still have to end up purchasing a drug plan. And now the confusion continues. Because... I don't understand. We're talking about understanding today. The things of God are more understandable than people think they are. Somebody said, I just can't understand the Bible. The Bible is the most understandable thing in this world of non-understandable things. There are so many things in this world that you don't understand, but the Bible is understandable. I'll admit, when you get to following after me dad and L dad and he dad and she dad and this one begat that one and it does get a little confusing. But the thing is, they're just calling names of people. So they said about the lady in London who had a baby. So what? A woman had a baby. La la. And so it is with the Bible. The Bible is just saying that one passes on to the other. Sons and daughters were born. But the Bible itself, the message of the Bible is understandable. We're in Luke chapter 24. 
Starting at verse 44, Jesus had suffered and died a cruel death on the cross, had been placed in the grave, and now He's risen from the dead. And as we say in Vance County, He's fitting to go back to heaven. And He tells the disciples, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Jesus had told them that everything that was written about him was to be fulfilled. That in itself is a fantastic statement. To just think about that everything that was written about him was to be fulfilled. I'm glad that everything that's written or thought or said about me won't be fulfilled. Lord have mercy. Brother Chuck, we need to do a clean swipe of the chalkboard and just start over. Amen. I'm glad that all the things that are written about me will not be fulfilled because one thing is some of the things that are written about me that people are determining about me, I need to change so that the things they think will happen will not happen because what they think will happen might not be the best for me. The things that were written about Jesus... Everything. Those which were written in the law of Moses. Those which were written in the prophets. Those which were written in the Psalms. All of those things, he said, will be fulfilled. Every one of them has been fulfilled and those which still remain will be fulfilled. If you think about all the prophecies that have been fulfilled so far, and you think about the few prophecies that remain that are to be fulfilled, they will surely be fulfilled because oodles of them have already been fulfilled. Everything about His pre-existence, everything about His coming to earth, everything about His being born in Bethlehem. Who would think that somebody of any significance would be born in Bethlehem? Then He would be raised in Nazareth. One of the disciples who became a disciple actually said, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? You surely don't think anything of any worth would come out of Nazareth, do you? And the other boy said, I don't know. You come and see for yourself. And he came and found out, this is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. It doesn't matter whether he was born in Bethlehem. It doesn't matter whether he did live in Nazareth. The thing is, is who he is, is who he said he is. Everything is being fulfilled. All the things in the Psalms. The Psalms are rich with prophetic utterances that have to do with the Messiah, the Son of God. That which has to do with His life, with His birth, with His suffering and death on the cross. My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? You poured me out like water. All these things that had to do with Him dying on the cross, even with the people around Him. He trusted in God that He would save him, that He would help him. Let Him deliver him if He would have him. That's what the crowd said. They thought they were saying what they wanted to, and they were in their human sense, but they were quoting directly from the Psalms. Why did the people rage? Why did they imagine a vain thing? All of this is found in the Psalms. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing and thanksgiving. Your truth endures through all generations. All this is in the Psalms. The Psalms are rich with that which has to do about Christ. Then open He their understanding. That word has to do with, it has to do with the mind and understanding. 
He opened their understanding, that capacity that is in their mind that helps them to understand. That's what's blocking us from understanding some of those things that I referred to earlier. So what your grandchildren do now, instead of trying to make you understand, they just show you what the thing will do. And you get so interested in what the thing will do that you forget about trying to understand it. Because this thing that I don't understand that I hold in my hand is about six or nine inches long and about a quarter, maybe a half an inch to the most thick. It just looks like a piece of plastic or a piece of glass with all these chips and all these diodes and all these transistors and these circuit boards and things that are in there. Somehow or another, when you put that thing on, my grandchild comes up with her pretty little face, and I don't understand how it works, but all I know is little sissies on the end of that thing. And that's the same thing that happened here. He opened their understanding, that which has to do with the mind and the understanding that they might understand, that's another word, comprehend or perceive the Scriptures. The Scriptures can be understood. You don't have to know all the Bible to get saved. Some people use that as an excuse. I'm waiting till I know more. Well, you can ever learn and never come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't wait till you know everything. All you need to know is what the Scripture says. You don't have to worry about Josiah and Jehoshaphat and Jeremiah and Joel and Ezekiel and all these names. You don't have to worry about all that. All you know that this, what happened in the Old Testament set the good foundation for the new and now Jesus Christ has come and He has given us an understanding. He died on the old rugged cross 2,000 years ago. He shed His blood for your sins. He put Him in a bar tomb and the third day He rose again. He lives in power and glory. That's what you need to know to be saved. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Don't wait until you know everything about all the Scriptures. You can know about the Scriptures. Most of us, we may not have a high school education, but we know enough of the Word of God to save the world three times over if they would just do what we know in the Scripture. One verse that you know so well, for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That one verse will save this whole globe if they had put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. First, the Word had been written. Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. Even before you had a Bible, even before the, Moses had the rocks in his hands, the Word had been written from everlasting to everlasting Thou art God the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Forever His Word is settled in heaven. First, it had been written. Secondly, it had been spoken. God had spoken His Word. He spoke in many times, in various sundry times and places, in times past to the fathers by the prophets. But now in these last days, has He spoken to us through His Son. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. He speaks. Every word He spoke was the Word of God. Now I want you to know, you can call the bishop, you can have Pastor Mark, he's a lead pastor, 
I get a little concerned because he has this direct line to the bishop. He's in this good old relationship with the bishop, you know. And you can call the bishop this afternoon and have Tony turned over for action. But I want you to know that everything I speak ain't the Word of God. I can promise you that. But everything Jesus speaks is the Word of God. Every word, every word that comes out of his lips is holy and inspired as the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. The word had been spoken. Thirdly, it was fulfilled. To have a word written, to have a word spoken, and then to have that thing to come to pass. The word which I speak, he said in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 25, the word which I have spoken will come to pass. God's word will come to pass. Everything will be fulfilled. He said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved, or was highly necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. That was Jesus' part. Jesus' part was to come to the earth to live a sinless life, to die on a cruel, rugged cross, to suffer and die for the sins of the world, to shed His blood, to be buried and to rise again that first Easter Sunday morning, that resurrection morning, to rise from the dead. That was Jesus' part. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's our part. We have a part to play. We can't save anybody. That's Jesus' part. That's the Father's part. That's God's part. That's the Holy Ghost's part, is to save. We can't save anybody, but we have a part to play in it. Jesus didn't say, I'll send a bunch of angels to the world to preach the gospel. He said, I'll do the work that's necessary and take all the hard work out of the way. And then that's my part, but this is your part, is to preach repentance and remission of sins. Sometimes we try to bring people to remit their sins before repentance. You cannot be forgiven of your sins unless you're willing to repent. You've got to repent first. Remission of sins is the more popular part of the gospel. Repentance is the unpopular part of the gospel. But repentance is necessary before remission could take place. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations. The good news is the gospel says that if you come to Christ, you repent of your sins, He will remit your sins, all your sins will be gone. And that's true wherever you are, all over this world, in all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's our part. You are witnesses of these things. We all have our own personal testimony. You cannot tell people what God did for me. You can tell them, and they might enjoy the story, but they'll get more out of it when you tell them what God did for you. The sad commentary is that the reason some people don't witness for Christ is not that they're so afraid. It's not that they're scared of being put off. Some people don't witness for Christ because they don't have a personal testimony themselves. Lord have mercy. You can't give people something you ain't got. And Bob Jones Sr. says that's good university English too. You don't give people something that you don't have. You have to have a witness yourself. Jesus said you are witnesses of these things. You have a personal testimony. As Peter said, we were together in the other session, we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. 
We're just telling you what happened to us. We're telling you what's seen. We're telling you what we have seen and heard. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. That's the Holy Ghost part. Amen. Jesus had his part. He suffered and died on the cross and rose again. We have our part. We preach the gospel of repentance and remission of sins. And the Holy Ghost has his part. He comes upon the believer, those who are born again, those who are sanctified, and he fills them. The Holy Ghost has a part. They play, and he brings the power from on high as a promise of the Father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Behold, I send the promise of my Father. This is a promise. Jesus said, I'll give him to you. I'll pray the Father, he'll send another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will send you that comforter, and that comforter will be with you. That comforter will abide with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he's the promise of God sent from on high. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until he comes and until you're endued with power from on high. They had to wait for him to come on the day of Pentecost. We don't have to wait for him to come as a person. The reason that we have to wait so many times is to get ourselves right and get ourselves in tune with God. We're not waiting for the Holy Ghost to come from heaven. The Holy Ghost is already here. We don't have to wait for him to come from heaven, but we do have to wait for him to come sometimes to where we are because we have to get ourselves right in a place where we are empty of ourselves, where we can be full of God. Tarry until you're endued with power from on high. That's the Holy Ghost part. All three persons of the Godhead, including the Father, are involved in revealing the Word of God to us. The Father reveals to us. Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. The Father draws us through the Holy Spirit to Christ. The Father reveals himself to us through the Son. No man knows who the Son is but the Father, and no man knows who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Jesus reveals God to us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction in our life and He reveals the things of God to us. So if the Father, Son, and Spirit are involved in revealing the Bible to us, what might be the missing puzzle piece in us understanding the Scriptures? The answer is our hearing and reading of God's Word. That's the only thing that's missing. Jesus did His part. The apostles did their part. The preacher does his part. The singers are doing their part. Everybody is doing what they can do to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And the only thing that's missing is you and I. Our hearing and reading of God's Word. The old song said, Get the dust off the Bible and redeem your poor soul. There's too many Bibles that are lying on the shelf and not even lying on the shelf anymore. They're put away in a drawer somewhere. You must believe in miracles. Because you can see through that drawer, you can see through that wood and see what that thing says. You know you can't do that. In order to get anything out of the Bible, you've got to get in the Bible. Sin will keep you from God's Word, but God's Word can keep you from sin. You've got to get in the Bible before you can understand it. Say, I don't understand the Bible. When do you read it? Well, the preacher tells me what I'm supposed to do. He might be leading you in the wrong way. 
You got to get in what God's word said in the right way. And the God's word will always lead you in the right way. He opened their understanding that they could go through the legal process and get down through the high priest and come through the Pope and maybe they can understand what they want him to know. No, that's not what it says. It said he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. One thing that's so good about not only the Protestant denominations, but the real truth of God's word is that you don't have to have a preacher in order to be able to understand God's word. You can understand God's word without a choir. Some people think you can't even go to heaven without a choir. Oh. You can understand God's word without a preacher. I know that Paul said, unless they preach, they can't hear. Somebody's got to preach, but anybody can preach. If God can make Balaam's ass talk, I know that he can use you and I and cause us to spread God's word. What I'm saying, you don't have to have a man of a cloth. You don't have to have somebody with a clergy name. You don't have to have a certain preacher. You can understand God's word yourself. You and the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, if you have my words and keep them, he it is who loves me. And if you love me, you'll be drawn to me and you will keep my word and I will love him and my Father will love him and we will come to him. We will make our abode with him. You can understand what God's word says. I don't care if you're like some of us in here, you can't see to read print. You can understand God's word. You can hear God's word. If you can't hear it, you can see it. If you can't see it, you can hear it. If you can't see and hear it, there's ways that God's word can be revealed to you today. God's word can be revealed and he can open your understanding that you will understand the scriptures. You may or may not get to the point as a senior citizen or as any other kind of citizen that you can understand all this technology that's going on. You probably will not get to the point of that because it's so hard to keep up with, even with those of us who claim to be halfway in it. It's hard to keep up. You buy a device and go out of the store, the minute your foot goes across the threshold, it's already obsolete. Don't try to sell it. If you get tired of it, just go ahead and throw it away. Make the environmentalists really mad. Don't even try to sell it. You may not ever get to that point where you understand the technology, but you can understand God's Word. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is strong. More about Jesus would I know, more of His grace to others show. You can understand God's Word. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. You can understand God's Word. We shall see the King. Why? How? Because we've understood God's Word. What does God's Word say? Whosoever believes on the Lord will be saved. Those who look for Him, He will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. The one who came the first time, just as sure as He came the first time, He's coming again. We know that and we believe it, but we believe it not just because we believe it, not just because we know it in ourselves, but because we understand what the Scriptures say. The Scriptures teach Pentecost. The Scriptures teach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Scriptures teach sanctification. The Scriptures teach divine healing. 
This is not something that some bishop or somebody just cooped up and came up with. It's something that God's Word teaches. This Bible that we're talking from today, it's not a foreign thing. It's a, something that everyone that speaks English can understand. And if you can't understand English, it's in your language where you can understand it. If you have it in original Hebrew, you can understand it. We couldn't understand it. They spoke it today, unless the Holy Spirit gave interpretation, but you don't have to do that. You have it in New Testament Greek. They can speak that. And the only Greek word we know is baloney. But Tony likes baloney. Tony ain't full of baloney, though. We can understand God's Word. You are a rich man or a rich woman today, not because you have a lot of money, but because you can understand God's Word. God has revealed Himself to us. Father, we love You. We praise You today. Thank You for letting us be in this place. Thank You for letting us set our feet on the flat ground. Thank You, Lord, for helping us today to get up, to be able to rise, to be able to put our hand in the hand of the man from Galilee, to be able to trust in You, to be able to know someone who can open to us the Scripture, and we have something in the Scripture that bothers us, it's something we can't understand. All we have to do is go to our Lord, and He will make the things of Christ real to us. Lord, I pray today that you would open the hearts, open the understanding of many men and women and boys and girls. Help us to come to Jesus Christ, receive Him as Savior and Lord, and be born again in Jesus' name. Church said, Amen. I don't know about you, but I sure do feel better, knowing that even someone like me can understand the Scriptures. If you know that Jesus did what He did for you and that He loves you, you can come to Him as the Spirit draws and convicts you, and be saved, right now, right where you are. The title of the sermon has been, He Opened Their Understanding. This has been, a Tony Broom Ministries production.